got jokes, Russell, in the mix. Airplane mode. We're live. Look at that. Joe Russell, comedian. Hey, What's up, buddy? <laughs> Dude, look at you. You're early, man. I tell you what, uh, comedians are not usually early, and I, I appreciate it. I've produced several podcasts, and oh, that okay. is true. But sometimes it's nice if you're not ready. That they yeah, show up like yeah, 15 true. minutes late. That's true. Well, 15 minutes, though, I feel like is a little bit too much. The five minutes late, I appreciate. Yeah. But you showing up, what, 10 minutes early? I, dude, everything was ready to go, so I appreciate you, man. How you doing? How early could we have potentially gone? What if I was like a half hour? Would 347. You 347. Half an hour, no. <laughs> Just because uh, I'll keep everything. Because like, if I turn on the camera over here too early, the battery might run a little bit low. And then here might run a little bit low, so I just get everything started like you know ten minutes beforehand, oh, I or gotcha. thirteen minutes beforehand. I That's should say cool. you got a nice little tan going. I think it's just Italian. Oh, you're Italian, <laughs> bro. By the way, I feel I feel bad for saying I asked Joe initially. I was like, oh, you're coming from Bay Ridge, big Jewish area. I don't know what the fuck I was saying there, man. I guess I was just like I wanted the Jews to be included there. So yeah. that's why I said it. A lot Jews, of people think Italians. I'm Jewish. I got the the fro. Yeah, and I'm I, Jewish. Nice. Do you not know that? Yeah, I guess you wouldn't know. I look more Jewish than you, though. Yeah, I think so. But I'm a quarter Italian too. Okay. I don't really have any um, any Italian things so much about me besides the fact that I'm a quarter Italian. Mm. I'm vegan, so I don't even eat pizza, which is an Italian thing, right? You don't eat pizza. I know I'm not allowed. What about a vegan cheese? Vegan cheese, I can fuck with, dude. What is that shit? But I mean, you <laughs> are you have a show called the Cheese Show. Yeah, sorry, you can't ever be on it. I know. Well, <laughs> we can't have a vegan cheese episode. Honestly, that is our number one requested cheese is vegan cheese. Like people in the comments go, "Can we have a vegan cheese?" Yeah, dude. So you know, maybe it's gonna I'll, happen eventually. All right. Well, I'll join, you let me know, bro. But okay. it's been it's been difficult to find a really good vegan cheese. I can't really say any specific cheese that I've had, like a vegan cheese wise. That's that's good. I've been going to some of those cool little markets in New York where it's like super hipster and, and like Union Square Market. Yeah, like really cool people. <laughs> they look like they just got off of like shooting a McDonald's commercial. <laughs> And there's some crazy vegan looking cheeses. They look like birthday cakes. They look like seven layer cakes. Like Have they're, you tried they're so it? fancy. No, I don't know. No, uh, no. you got to try it. They look really let cool. Us know. They look like fancy bars of soap that like you're not allowed to use there, like your grandma's house. <laughs> you know the thing? I would imagine that that's where you probably find the best vegan cheese. Is that like a kind of outdoor market? It's not really in stores or not available yet. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the cost of the actual product itself. Yeah. Like in, to make it actually very tasty. It's yeah. not like you just go straight to the cow and it you has just to be made squeeze in a yeah. and get the cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of like the situation a little bit with vegan burgers now, but I've found a few that I really enjoy. Uh, Perfect Burgers, Dr. Prager, but the Beyond Burgers, dude, I used to like but it's just too salty. I feel it the next morning. Like I can have one, but if I have one and a half, I'm fucked. The shit they have to do to that stuff to probably make it taste like a burger is probably not good. There's probably yeah. a highly processed because you're taking a vegetable and turning it into something that tastes like yeah, meat. And I, doing all those drops in the lab and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're probably better off just having like a big mushroom cap or something like that. Yeah. No cap for real. And by <laughs> the way, guys, speaking of vegan burgers, we have the first 
annual Ted Jones World Neat Burger Vegan Burger Eating Contest on Labor Day, September 4th, 2 p.m., 25 Cleveland at Neat Burger. For free, you should stop by. It'll oh, be wow. fun. We're doing like a comedy show uh, afterwards. But we did the fourth annual Ted Jones World Vegan Hot Dog Eating Contest at the okay. Moxie Hotel okay. on July 4th. So um, I guess I'm becoming a connoisseur of vegan eating contests. I had an ex once that was vegetarian and when we'd make hot dogs she would grill a carrot on the grill is that a thing have you I, ever done that <laughs> no but i have had carrot french fries before okay and some if they're very well done they're good it's like a sweet potato though yeah i just go sweet potato right well i think you just put salt on it and you kind of chop it up in the formation that would be a french fry mm. and then it tastes pretty good mm. but that's weird a carrot for a hot dog that's a little too much. No one, wonder she's your ex. <laughs> one time me and my mom were partying. We were getting drunk and uh, we had a few drinks. We were like, you know, being honest with her. And she's like, you know what? I feel bad when, when you were a kid, you loved boiled carrots. And I, and that's when I, my one regret, I never made you enough boiled carrots. Your mom said this to you? Yeah. Or? She said that to me. And I'm like, okay, that's the one thing you regret. Not like that's a good yelling regret. at us. <laughs> Not like well, but honestly, years of mental abuse. But dude, to be honest, maybe you'd eat more vegetables these days. Maybe that would have worked out. We had plenty of vegetables. We have one yeah. meat, side of veggies, a starch. My mom did a pretty good job so at making like, like likes a, the food pyramid. Yeah, but that whew, the food pyramid boy, that did not apparently. age well. Yeah, the food pyramid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Hey, you know what you should be eating all grains. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's messed up. It's crazy how like fifty years ago, I guess until. Within like the last few years, we've just really known nothing about food. I think you know we I mean? still don't know anything. Yeah, I think we're getting a little bit better with these documentaries and, you know, people watch stuff on YouTube and be like, all right, well, in general, you shouldn't eat as much red meat as people are eating. You know, like the the big steakhouses, people were dying a, a little bit earlier than they should have. So sure. hopefully you, you and I live till 100. I don't know how you feel about but that. But then it all comes back around. Like, I don't know, like butter was bad and then everyone went. And had I can't believe it's not butter, which turns out it's absolutely Even terrible. Worse. That's yeah. just oil. And now uh, aspartame, <laughs> apparently in European nations, is going to be outlawed pretty soon. Aspartame being in Diet Coke, which we had no idea. Right? Doesn't that causes dementia or oh cancer? Yeah. Okay. Stuff like that. So yeah. it's like, what can you even eat these days? Well, they thought eggs were bad, and they're like, oh, just eat the white ones. I'm, I'm probably doing a thousand people's bits right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just eat the white eggs. What does it say on your shirt? It's oh, like this a, is a, a play on Reese's. Yeah, this is a. I'm a, I'm a fish fan. Do you like fish? You're Jewish, bro. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. So Tobin Miller came on the show. Okay, he's, okay. Listen, I've been to thirty shows. He's been to like over hundred yeah, and so. thirty, I think. I, I aspire to be Tobin Miller. Okay, so 30 fish shows. When did you start going? Oh, I don't know. 2009 or something like that. My friends dragged me to them. And uh, it took me to like the second one where I'm like, oh, I get it. But like they would play the recordings for years and years. I was like, this does not sound good. Yeah, I think you got to really be there live. It's just a yeah, party. Yeah, right. I think you just got to see everybody else kind of vibing. Yeah. But what was the what was the draw for you? Was it just like the calmness and the music, or what? Yeah, it's just it's just a big party, and I and I do enjoy the music. I listen to it not high. I actually like enjoy the music. Right. And then the, I, then I just end up going to one or two concerts every year. So like one during the summer, one. Uh, around christmas a time a fish concert you mean yeah yeah and, and you'll travel for it um not very much anymore but back when i was younger wasn't married and 
didn't have a relationship. Yeah, I would go like camping and stuff and tailgating and stuff. Where are you from originally? Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. All right. How'd you get down here to the city? You were just like wanted to pursue comedy? Uh, I had an internship at MTV music nice. television <laughs> back when it was a thing yeah. dude freaking R- yeah. i don't know if it, if i should say r.i.p mtv but it feels like it a I little think, bit yeah. i mean just rob deerdeck is running the show i was just gonna say that's i saw once it was just their schedule it was all mm-hmm. 24 hours of dude still spectrum <laughs> it's just deerdeck fantasy factory yeah. deerdeck um ridiculousness and then i miss robin big though that was like one of my favorite shows yeah unbelievable show and it's sad how they had such a good relationship as bodyguard and talent. And then once they were both the talent, they couldn't really deal with each other, mm. which is fucked up. Yeah. But would you listen? You're a bodyguard and you, you become famous. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, come on. You, you're like, sorry, your dude, I'm not going to take a bullet for you anymore. Yeah. Right. I'll take a check from you. Though, now, right? now your <laughs> bodyguard has a bodyguard. It's like uh, it's like those eggs that stack into each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the, the, the Russian king, eggs, the queen, the, the things. Yeah, what are those called? Rustin, Russian, Russian nesting eggs. You just said that? Yeah. What kind of fun stuff did you do in Buffalo growing up? Snowball fights and shit? I used to do magic. Really? Yeah. yeah. What kind of... So you're a magician? Yeah. Was. I'm retired. Was. I don't like to talk about it. Really? No, I, I'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, come on. We're on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid... I was 10 years old and I went to this magic shop that was in our area and I bought like a magic trick and I practiced it and did it for my family. Then I went back a few months later and the guy was like, there's a magic club that meets here every month for kids. So I did that and I did that for years and years and years and became like the president of the magic club. And then around like 16, 17, I started doing like kids parties and like table side magic at like restaurants and stuff like that i worked in a comedy club doing magic at people's tables before the show started so before i ever did stand up and i did that for years and years and years and uh, moved here at like 23 for that internship Uh and i just stopped did you go to college up in buffalo yeah what was the well i mean what was your favorite trick if you're i don't are you allowed to talk about your favorite trick being a former Uh, magician i did a lot of card tricks Uh uh-huh yeah there's what was the, maybe the most difficult trick that you learned that you mastered? Mm, I would do sort of like improv magic. Like, uh, how do you mean? So like jazz magic kind of. So like, you know how like a jazz band will like, let's like play in this key and we'll just like, they can just like jam like four guys could just jam sort of like fish. fish I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah. uh, with, with card tricks, I was at a level where I could have someone pick a card and sort of improv through it and like have them sort of suggest the way they want me to find the card and just sort of play off the people which i don't know it's sort of like jokes and having like certain outs for jokes if that makes sense like joke savers Uh like you ever have a joke that bombs but you got like a line that you do sometimes just to like so you don't eat a dick sure it's kind of like that but with different card tricks interesting it's very hard to explain without revealing anything i'm very i'm not a magician but i still respect it and i wouldn't want to like give anything away what's the deal with that is it just like an in well you see secret if if people know the the secret behind the trick it's no fun right so how do you even learn the tricks then to begin with how do you learn a trick yeah uh well if a magician is not allowed to reveal his secrets when i came up it was like and for all of history it was books and learning it from other magicians like, like if Houdini you books. yeah like if you go to the library f- find enough tricks that you can do and you get somewhat good at it and you meet another magician that's maybe like been doing it for longer than you 
and you're good enough, they might like take you and accept you and sort of, hey, try this. Is that what happened this. to you? Oh, yeah. In Buffalo? Yeah. yeah Why'd you sure. give it up? I think I always just wanted to do stand up. And did I, that start when you were doing tricks I, in the comedy club? I always loved stand up, like ever since I was a little kid. And so I think magic was just a way for me to just do some sort of performing until I was around like, people. Yeah. And I like comics way better than magicians. <laughs> okay. I don't enough. know. They're more, f- well, they're who's more your, fun. Who's your favorite ma- magician? Penn and Teller. The Teller had a, yeah. a heart attack though. Or like, is that the bigger one? No, the little one. Oh, Teller tell he's the one that doesn't talk. He's the short guy. Funny bit. And, uh, that's the real names, though. Uh, I think he had some heart problems, and so he's been out of the game for a little bit, getting like surgery and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But they're back. I think yeah. they had the longest running show in all of Las Vegas history. Houdini was an, a fascinating guy. Houdini is so famous that that's actually a word in the dictionary. Really, to be Houdinied, to be tricked out of something. Yeah, yeah. One of the crazier tricks I had heard of. Maybe I watched like a YouTube little short on him. But they were talking about how he was in a jail cell yeah. and he got locked in there without a key and he somehow got out because he was just visualizing the door opening. Do you know what I'm talking about? So apparently Houdini was a very good magician. I couldn't tell you one Houdini magic trick. I know he's more famous for his escapes, I believe. Well, is that kind of what I, I was consider that an escape, about, yeah, getting yeah. out of a jail cell? Yeah. He would challenge, he'd go to different town to town and challenge people to like handcuff him and lock him in something and is a publicity stunt to get out. So what would you think being a former magician that yeah. he would do to escape situations that are unfathomable? I've never done any escapes, so I don't know. I assume he probably like knew how to pick locks. I don't know. What was your favorite David Blaine escape or trick that he's done? I actually met far. David Blaine. Oh shit. I worked with David Blaine really? when I was like, God, 15 or 16. There's no way he remembers me. or Why? I was like 15. That was like, but he wouldn't be like, yo, jokes, Russell. I don't think so. Maybe. 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 We got to get him on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> when I was 16, I went to his little, he had like this headquarters down by like, uh, oh God, I don't remember where it was, like down by like the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I stayed there like overnight and like taught him like some magic tricks. That you I thought. taught him stuff? Yeah. Because he's always looking for material. He's got like, you know how like a comedy show has a team of writers? Yeah. Well, same thing with magicians that are famous. They have like magician writers that just like come up with stuff that no one's ever seen before what did you teach him if you're allowed to um i showed him this arm twisting trick that i do where you like twist your arm your hand around uh but he already like had something like that but mine was a different way of doing it Um, some of the stuff that he's done i guess when he's in public and he's trying to Maybe or one of the one of the more recent things when he was in the hot air balloon that was that was cool that was like twenty twenty yeah. I forget what the ending when, when of he that was hanging was. upside down yeah was yeah. that it I think he was hanging upside down and then at the end he was gonna fall down but then they hooked him up to a balloon or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was that's like a what surprise it was. at the end but him in Times Square when he was in the ice that's the thing. one he says he'll never do again he said that was the worst one by far do you know why no tell me. So he was trapped in this ice. In Times Square, right? Right. And it's sort of like an igloo in there. So you're like, it's not even cold. It's like you're like protected. Like like an Eskimo goes inside like an igloo, right? It's warm in there. But the problem was that there was a water dripping on his head constantly. Just like Mm. water torture (laughs) for three days. And he said he hallucinated for like the 
like he says in interviews all the time, like he, there's this one moment where he's just like hallucinating. He was just in so much pain and he looked at the clock he closed his eyes and he felt like 12 hours went by and it was like one, one minute. minute. Yeah. <laughs> he like asked the guy outside. He's like, how long has it been? He's like one minute. Yeah. Wild. That's, that's the worst one he said he ever did. When I was hanging out with him, that's when he was practicing being in the big fish bowl and holding his breath. So that was cool. What's your favorite trick of all time? My favorite trick or escape. Yeah. Of all time. And do you, you fuck with Chris Angel? Where is he? Chris Angel. He had that TV show. Yeah. Which, you know. In Vegas, he was like levitating above that diamond. You got to respect him. I liked his really early stuff. There's some, he used to have like these TV specials that no one remembers where he dressed sort of like the crow. You know what I mean? Like, remember the crow? Like, remember the wrestler Sting with like yeah, the white yeah, makeup? Sting, yeah. So he's kind of like that. And he used to do like these crazy like art pieces, magic trick things where he would like be walking with a cane and then he'd start like walking up the side of a building and i thought like that shit was really cool <laughs> it was pretty cool yeah. uh and then he did the tv show later on but like that's super hard to do mind freak could you imagine having it's hard enough to have like enough magic to do like a special every like couple of years yeah imagine having to put like a show on every week so where's he been is it you know i think he's got a show in vegas like a stage show oh man Belize these magicians are killing it yeah, yeah yeah i mean you just put on how, how often are they performing like twice a week once a week once a month david copperfield yeah oh, who's man. a billionaire does like two shows a day and he's done that for like 20 30 years two shows a day seven days a week oh yeah he does like oh 500 something shows wow a year and he's i don't know how old he's it's got to be like 65 70 probably not 70 a guy like Copperfield, though, before he dies, what's it? What do you think his plan of action would be? Would he like write write a book, give away some of his secrets, or no? He just well, dies. He has it? the world's largest collection of magic and Houdini memorabilia, so he has a warehouse. No way. That's uh, full of just every. He's a billionaire. Like he he just bought everything, and <laughs> he's got it all. So I'm sure he maybe will keep maybe it a, a private collection or something. something. He owns like dozens of ventriloquist dolls he owns otto and george he owns george what's otto and george otto and george the famous uh, uh ventriloquist duo that were stand-ups i only know jeff dunham jeff dunham okay imagine picture jeff dunham but the dirtiest shit you've ever heard like fucked up jeff dunham when were they doing shows uh otto who's actually the man not the puppet <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> by the way, Otto was uh, died a few years ago, but like he was on Opie and Anthony all the time. And uh, yeah, no, like, like he's respected by like, like the Norton, Jim Norton's and like, like, like all those comics, you know, Is Jeff like, Dunham doing uh, Vegas residency, like all these other magicians, Jeff Dunham, he's like a stand up slash it. ventriloquist, Jeff, D Jeff Dunham's killing it. And you know, he also opens all his specials, I think doing stand up, like straight up stand up. So like, he's like talented stand-up you know when there's a magician at a party or you have some time to spend with a magician you're always fascinated yeah me too you kind of always had to be on all the time that's the thing that kind of bugged me is when i would be in high school it's like oh here comes the jocks guess what like i was loved by everyone but i had to i had to you know play my i had to do the Tangerine magic yeah <laughs> i the was the monkey. magic monkey they're like go ahead do, do something so i'd have to like do a card trick for like the football team or they'd all be upset. Is it a lot of tricking of the other person's mind or it's more just focusing on 
the actual trick itself? I guess it's kind of both, right? Uh, it's, it's everything. There's all sorts of things that you're taking into consideration. Oz yeah. Perlman was at my grandpa's 90th birthday. Oh. So this was probably like eight years ago, right before I think he really started to hit his stride. And I saw recently, this was either last summer or two summers ago, he ran 100 miles. He went out to Montauk at the end of Long Island from New York City. And he never really was a runner like that long distance, but it was just like all in his mind. He was like, mm. all right, I've never done anything like this, but mm. I'm confident that I could do this. Well, I was a magician for 12 years and I've never been to the gym. So maybe, <laughs> it, maybe it's just all in my mind. Yeah. Well, maybe you can start getting a really sick body just by thinking <laughs> about it. Right. David Blaine's ripped. Chris Angel's ripped. What's it? But they go to the gym, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you probably need They're something. Probably lifting a bunch of pussy too. Yeah, that's that's fucking definitely <laughs> true, dude. But I I miss the I miss watching magic on TV. That you, was a good time. You don't see anything other than like Penn and Teller's Fool Us. What's that like HBO? Special? No, that's like on um the WB or is it, is it still if they called have that? that anymore? I don't know. Whatever is the WB now. Like Channel Eleven. Yeah, back when we were so kids. That's a great show because they have magicians come on and they try to fool Penn and Teller, and it's been going on for like nine seasons. And what that does is give like magicians like the only chance they'll ever have to be on like national television, like one after another. And they let the magician keep their video and let them put them on their own YouTube channel, which is pretty cool. That is cool. So you bring like my buddy was on it. He got to put on his own channel. It's got like millions of views. What kind of stuff was your buddy doing? He was and doing, he's still uh, doing magic. Oh, my, I have a couple friends that have been on fool us and they're like professionals. Like some of this is weird about Buffalo for some reason. Well, I can tell you why. Uh, it's one of the hubs of magic in the world for some reason. Buffalo. Buffalo. So if, uh, I don't want to get into the weeds with this, but like back a long time ago in like the 50s and 40s, there's a famous, uh, there's a hotel in Buffalo called the Forks Hotel. Uh, and it was run by a magician named Eddie Fector, who uh, was like one of the godfathers of close-up magic. And so he'd have magicians from all over the country come over and stay at the hotel and they'd almost be doing like the week, like, like a comedian would like guest, guest magic, but there would they be doing shows or it'd be like a conference. They, no, no, no. They do shows for the people that would come in. The re, the hotel had a restaurant, so there was no stage. I don't think, but there was a, there was a horseshoe bar where the magician would do magic behind the bar. And there was uh, maybe like two other rooms so you could have like three magicians going at once. And it was like uh, and a convention was born out of that where magicians all over the world go there every year now. It's not there anymore now. It's in a hotel. The the Forks Hotel burnt down, I think, back in the 90s or something like that. Did you ever go? No, it was, no, bef- I was, it was, it was done. Yeah, it was done. But I did know very well uh, one of the Eddie Fector's right-hand man men who was like the number two bar magician there so what do some of your friends he invented the card on the ceiling trick what's that that's when you have someone pick a card (laughs) they sign it they put it back in the deck they shuffle it and then the magician wraps a rubber band around the deck and throws it up at the ceiling and the deck comes down but the card is still on the ceiling the card that they had picked before with the signature so you know it's like definitely yours bro what but how how does that work i know it's logistically physically do you know in your head? I know you're not allowed to. Yeah, I used to. Beans, I used to do the card on the ceiling trick. And the hardest part 
is the throw. Because if that if that deck hits the ceiling at like a weird angle, then you don't get and then you, then it falls down and you look like an idiot. That's like that's like the hardest thing. Dude, like you almost got to be a juggler to do that. Yeah. Do you get nervous though before you're performing these tricks? You have so many different eyes on you. It's just more nerve wracking yeah. than stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only do you have to be entertaining and say yeah, shit, but you gotta like move your hands and you gotta like fool people and stuff like that. Yeah, I would get like a little if I had like a big show coming up or like I get a little shaky. I get a little Parkinson's magician. <laughs> How many times do you have to rehearse the trick before you try it for the first time? Oh, that's a good question. In front of a mirror is nice. That's a good way to start. And then I would videotape myself because then because like stand up. Yeah. Because if you're in the mirror, though, like and if you do something and it doesn't look good, sometimes you'll like correct it. But if you do a camera, the camera doesn't lie. You, you can't like adjust. So you get to watch it after. And then after it was, I thought it looked good on camera, I would show it to my magician friends and they'd be like, yeah, this is bad. This is bad. And then I would do it for people. Do it for your family first. Right. Everyone's had a magic kit, right? You probably did at least had like not a kid. You never did like a card trick when you were a kid. Or no, no I, I felt like everyone had a magic experience. No, I mean like I would see magicians maybe if I went to a bar mitzvah or like a a, a party for an older friend's dad or something. Yeah. There'd be a magician there, but they'd always be really good. Yeah, was that like a stage? Thing? No, I think that they would just go around to tables uh, doing yeah. card yeah, tricks. Yeah, that's what I would do. But I, I am thinking about in terms of seeing someone on a stage. I don't know if I've ever been to a live magic show where somebody's been sawed in half and then they go back. What's the deal with that? I don't think I've seen the sawed in half. Do you either. know what I'm talking that's about? That's old school. That's like become like a stereotype of magician. That's like <laughs> yeah. that's like jive magic. Okay. <laughs> How do you think something like that works though? The sawing in half. Oh, that one's pretty easy to find out if you just do a Google search. It's okay. been, it's been done so much, but yeah. uh, Penn and Teller did a great one where they sawed someone in half and like the blood and the guts came out and ah. stuff like that. So like, I love it when someone takes something and like makes it like updates it and makes it cause what? everyone kind of knows how it's done. Yeah. And uh, it's cool. when like you flip it, flip it around. What about the bunny into a dove out of a hat? The bunny in the hat. I think that, I don't think anyone's actually done the bunny out of the hat. Like it's sort of just like a stereotype. Like maybe one person did it once and then it got to be in like a New Yorker cartoon. And then now it's like the stereotype for magicians. But yeah. I never owned a bunny or a hat. So and I don't know anyone who ever did. Uh, my grandpa used to eat bunnies. <laughs> That's not vegan. <laughs> Where's a place in New York that you can go see a magic show now or a place that you deem reputable? I saw a great magic show a couple months ago called Chamber Magic. And it's been going on for like 20 years. This It's just spread by word of mouth. You go to this website, you buy tickets, and then you go to this really nice hotel and you sit in this room and it's like, the room looks like it's from like the 1800s and you see like an old school magic show with this guy, uh, I believe his name's Steve Cohen. Oh, What's maybe on? I have heard of that. Maybe I have heard, I think I actually have heard of that. Highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to dress up. You got to wear a shirt and tie. You're not allowed in. Like they want it to be like old school. Why? It's supposed to be like a nice night on the town. Like it's, it's like a, it's like going to a fancy restaurant. Is it like expensive to go see him? I, th it wasn't cheap. Well, I, mean, I would assume if you're wearing all those nice fancy clothes, yeah. it wouldn't be so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it's, I don't remember how much it was. Damn, it was really dude, good though. Check it out. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to impress a date, holy shit. Cause it's cool. It's like 
right this way, madam. Yeah, that's see dope. The magician. So what was the what was the transformation from doing magic to comedy? I know you said you always kind of like stand up, always liked comedy, but did you see yourself being a magician in the future when you were at college? Where'd you go to college? Uh, Buff State. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I moved here, I mean, I still did a little magic. Like I would, you know, do it at bars and stuff for people. And, uh, but like when I used to do magic professionally in Buffalo, we had a lot more space to work with. Like if you go to a restaurant, you could go do magic over for this group of people. And then you could go over here and do this people and then go out on the patio and do it for them. And then go over into the cigar lounge and, do it for, and then go to behind the bar and do it for them. And then here, I feel like the restaurants were so small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no way. You just turn around and like, oh no, and we saw like, it. Yeah, yeah, we just saw it. We're good. <laughs> so restaurant magic is kind of gone here, I think. Uh, and then I just started doing open mics and took a comedy class. And I liked it way better. And I just stopped doing it. What was you, What was the best trick you've ever done? The best trick I've ever done? Yeah. Oh, or maybe shit. people's reactions maybe also. Yeah, there's stuff. There's stuff that just happens. Where uh, uh, do you ever surprise yourself? Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Where you thought you messed up, and then it somehow comes around and fixes itself even better than it would have. What? It's, it's so hard to explain. I can't even. I can't even explain it. Like, do you ever do a stand-up show and someone says something in the audience and sets you up perfectly for a bit? for your most killer bit and it seems like it came off the cuff yes. it's like that <laughs> but in magic i feel like it would be it surprises everyone way more so let, let me this never happened but let me like give you an example like let's pretend i had a queen of clubs in my pocket my front pocket just for another trick i was going to do later or for something and i say to someone name a card and it's in front of 40 people and they say queen of clubs and i go wait a minute right now and then i'd like pretend like i meant to do that and like here you go like shit like that has happened before in the past where i'm like that was like the coolest thing ever that was like magic to me that's dope man when when was the last time you performed magic when you were 23 you were saying if i get really drunk let's go i'm at a party and there's a deck of cards i have been known once or twice every couple years to like do something but uh you really have to practice it yeah. to be. So if I was to get back into magic, I'd have to practice for a few months. Cause I really truly respect it. It's super hard to do. Sure. And I hate bad magic. Same thing. Like I hate, we hate bad comedy. Right. And I don't know if I've even really seen bad magic too. Right. Right. So I'd like to just practice it for a while before are, are I you, got bit, got back into are it. Are you really good at shuffling the deck still? Like if you get your hand on cards, I can do like I can do the basic shit and I can do a few little flourishy things, but there's yeah. people that are crazy that can do like crazy like one handed xylophone shit. I could kind of do a card spring. It's been a oh, while. That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fans, yeah. card fans. Right. Charlier cut where you cut with one hand. Do you have to know the deck really well in terms of like counting cards to do card tricks or towards the, the end? I was getting pretty good at that. Like, uh, if someone was to hand me a chunk of cards, I could just kind of hold it and be like, okay, you got about 14 cards here. And I'd either be right on the money or I'd be at like 13 or 15. So that you knew how many cards were actually in your hand. Yeah, which isn't really, it could be turned into a trick, but it was more of just me me being like, oh, I know like what a deck of cards feels like now. 
I never really did a magic trick with that with that skill. It's just sort of like a useless skill. I'm sure it could be turned into something though. Right. Yeah. Do you know how to do a Rubik's cube? No, not at all. I just found out recently that there's algorithms to it. I just thought you just randomly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, there's, would there's... you Would you go to jail for a year or go to jail with a Rubik's cube and be let out once you fix the Rubik's cube? I'm not interested in Rubik's cubes, but I do know how to take <laughs> them apart and put them back together. What do you mean? You just need a key. You just need a car key, and there's a place uh, you can pry it open, and the whole thing comes apart in all cubes, and you can just put it all back together. With the color coordinator. Yeah, and pop it back together. What? Yeah. I had never known that. Very easy, yeah. (laughs) Damn, dude. This turned into a magic podcast. I freaking love it, dude. (laughs) That's really great. What's something maybe fascinating that people, this may sound silly, don't know about magic? Can it be learned by the average Ted okay, Jones? That's a good question. Um, so like I like what I was saying before, I feel like most kids when they're like 12, 13 have like a magic kit. They get one for their birthday or something. And I think what separates the people that uh, stay with it and when and the people that where they just ends up in their toy box is having uh, new people to show tricks for. Because it's sort of like comedy where you're constantly doing the same bits over and over again. So most kids, they get a card trick. They learn the card trick. And then they show it to their friends at school. They show it to their family. And they're like, okay, now what do I do with this? Then they lose interest in it. So you got to either come up, get buy more magic tricks. You can buy magic. That's a huge market. Buying tricks, selling tricks. What do you mean? How do you buy and sell tricks? Well, people, magicians sell tricks. There's magic, there's magicians that like, there's online magic stores, there's brick and mortar magic stores, there's people that publish books. And you can go to a class maybe? You can go to a class, you can go to a lecture. Uh, so there's all sorts of ways of doing that. But I think having uh, a fresh group of people all the time keeps your interest going. When I was a kid, I was volunteering at a magic shop. So I got customers coming in every day. So I got to do the same shit over and over again, make it better. Um come up with my patter. That's what they call what you, the words that go along with the trick. Your patter? What, patter. Just like each move? No, that's like your dialogue. It's like a, it's, it's like, like, a, like you're in a play, right? How your lines. How would it go? Well, just whatever trick you would do. You'd, you'd have uh, lines that you'd say every time. It's just like doing a bit. But when you're doing improv magic, do you still have patter? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. For whatever I'm about to do. Do you see yourself ever getting back into it? Seriously? Maybe if I have a kid, I would, oh, no. I would love to teach a kid magic. That'd be cool. Can't get them into it too young though. Why? Uh, if they're too young, they're just going to lose interest in it. I feel like a good age is like eight. Cause they just 10. can't process it if they're too young. Yeah. And it's also very difficult. I used to do magic tricks for kids. Like I used to do some kids shows and if the kids were too young, they're terrible audience. Right. You'd think they'd be amazed, but kids don't know how reality works. Right? So like, oh, that coin just disappears in your hand. Uh, yeah, standard. Yeah, that's what coins do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember being yeah. really little, seeing a magic show, and the magician's like, I put this coin in my hand. It goes up my arm and out my other, and it goes in the, and I was like, yeah. You're like, yeah, he, obviously. Yeah, that's what they do. So you got to actually learn how the world works first in order for you to appreciate magic. And I think uh, eight to 10 is a good age to get into it. So would you maybe 
combine magic and stand up? It depends on how bad my career is going. (laughs) (laughs) Or good, dude. Or good. You get your first hour and then you're like, all right, second hour I'm doing a quarter magic. I am not opposed to it. My, I'm fine with whatever. We'll see when we get there, though. Ventriloquist, I would like though. to not... Oh, what's the... The hierarchy of entertainment? Yeah, why is that considered magic? A ventriloquist isn't magic. Okay, it's not. It's in... I mean, maybe it is, because it looks like the guy's not talking, yeah. and the other thing's talking. Do people consider Jeff Dunham a magician? No. No, they consider him just stand up and... But a lot of times, magicians, ventriloquists, jugglers, clowns, they all get sort of lumped into one category. It's all shit you'd find at a magic shop. So I could see why people would think that's a a magic trick. You think David Blaine or David Copperfield is the best of all time, magician-wise? Best of all time? Sure. Or Houdini, maybe? I mean, there's people you've never even heard of that I think are the best of all time. Yeah. Why haven't I heard of them? Because they're either famous in, like, Brazil or, like, if you want to talk about just, like, sleight of hand guys, like, someone like, uh, look him up, like, uh, Juan Tamarez. I think he's from South America. One of the best card magicians ever. Or, like, Tom Mullica, which if you watch, if you, if you type in Tom Mullica on YouTube, cigarette trick, it's 14 minutes long. It's the greatest piece of magic I've ever seen. You'll you'll shit your pants. Can you summarize it a little bit without giving it away? Oh, no, it's I, so hard. you don't even want me to. I, you just got to watch it. You won't believe it. The cigarette trick? You're, you're not going to believe it. He probably just cuts up the cigarette and then puts it back together perfectly. No, some shit. you're not going to believe yeah, it. No idea. Just, you could, you could guess. it up his nose, comes out his mouth. <laughs> you could guess for about uh, 12 hours and, and you're never going <laughs> to figure out what this trick is about. It's one of my favorite things to show someone. The cigarette trick. Tom Mullica cigarette magic. That's sick. What was one of the coolest tricks you've seen live in person? Oh, live? Damn, I'm hammering you with the good questions. Huh? So when I was like 12 <laughs> or 13, I saw David Copperfield in Toronto. My grandparents took me and he did this really cool trick uh, where he like uh, made like this car appear on stage, like surrounded by the audience. Like it was like this 1960s. It looked like a 1950s or 40s coupe or something like that. It was pretty cool. What are your thoughts behind how he did that? I have how no idea. It? I have no, no idea. Really. No, I've never did. I never did stage magic. There's stage magic. There's parlor magic. There's close up magic. What's parlor magic? Parlor magic's like in between close up and uh, stage magic. So, parlor magic would be like maybe you got like eight people sitting around a parlor, and I go up and I take like a, I don't know, like a like a billiards ball and I make it disappear, make it change into a dove or something, or, you know, it's like for a slightly larger group than like, like close up magic, which close up magic. I feel like that's like five or four or five people at a table. The stage magic stage magic is like, I don't know. I've, I've never done it, but I assume that it's got its own challenges I do know, though, like a lot of stage magic are these big, like you said, like the saw the woman in half thing, these big, these big boxes that in devices that do things. So you got to like buy all that stuff, I assume, unless you make it yourself. I don't know. But a lot of that shit's like tens of thousands of dollars for like the like those magic is not a good hobby to get into if you want to save money. Really? It's very expensive. If you want to buy tricks from people if you want to buy a few books 
and just read books and learn magic from books with everyday objects like cards and coins and stuff like that, all right, then it's cheap. But like when you start buying things from shops, what kind of things would you need to buy? Special secret devices and, um, and also with magic stuff, there's like never any returns. How do you mean? Well, you know, you can return a hat you got on Amazon, right? But if you buy a magic trick, you learn the secret, you've bought the secret. So the magician won't give you a refund. You, because you got the thing that's the most valuable part. Like you can't give that back. Interesting. Yeah. Did you have a mentor? Yeah, I had a couple mentors. One of them was on Fool Us. Uh, you can check out his videos on uh, his channel, Garrett Thomas. Really good. He fooled Penn and Teller with his ring magic, so you should check that out. Uh, and then, I, and then the one guy I was telling you about the old guy who was the bartender at the Forks Hotel. He lived to like 98 years old and he used to come into the magic shop where I worked and uh, uh, his name is Carl Norman and he was awesome, awesome guy. He was doing magic until he was like 95 years old. And did he just die with a lot of his tricks still in his head or did he let people know? That man, that man forgot more magic than most people will know in their entire lives. Like that's how through dementia, much he knew. From <laughs> no, just, just through doing it for... 50 years, 60 years. Crazy. I have some of his old magic jackets back in my like hometown closet. They're like like from like the 50s, like yellow suits and stuff like that. They were going to throw them out, so I grabbed a couple. <laughs> and it's just the performance aspect where they would wear suits like this? Yeah. What's, yeah. The, what's the deal with the attire behind magic? You know, why don't people go it's up there def- like we go up? Well, it's definitely a little less formal now, right? Now, you, you know, David Blaine has the black shirt and the jeans yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. V-neck, yeah. And then Chris Angel dresses like a, he went to Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, he's goth, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, I don't think you see too much of the, the tuxedo anymore unless it's like a formal stage show. I think that's kind of going away. Most magicians, most magicians, you can, I can tell a magician when I, I can see a magician walking down the street. No. Yeah. They usually have like a, like a black button down shirt and they, they usually have like a chain on and like they usually have, I don't know. They just have like a resting magician face. No way. Yeah. I can tell. Even in the city walking by thousands of people a day. I've, I've seen, I've been, I've done this twice. I've been doing a comedy show. I look in the front row and there's someone I'm like, you're a magician, aren't you? And they go, yeah. They'll usually have like a piece of jewelry with like a spade on it or something like that. They just have this magic look to them. I don't know what it is. Has magic kind of weaned off the past 10 years? Like without the shows on TV, without like a lot of press for David Blaine? How, what, do you, what would you say is the state? I mean, magic? it's been 10 years since I kind of stopped, but I don't even know. Cause like I was thinking about this the other day. Like now you can go on YouTube and watch tutorials on how to do almost everything like now if a magician puts something out you're gonna there's gonna be like some eight-year-old kid that just starts up his iphone and tells everyone how it's done like you can like i don't even know how that works nowadays and how magicians can like keep their secrets do you think the best magic is is ahead of us i sure hope so love that dude (laughs) (laughs) like magicians hanging out with aliens and shit and be like well i'm not gonna tell you how i did it (laughs) Yeah, I love magic. On the UFO, dude, that is really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Maybe someday I'll do it. How's comedy going? 
Side note. <laughs> Side note? I don't know. Now, after this conversation, I feel like I should be doing magic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Fascinating. <laughs> I know my parents still wish I did it. They seen my act a couple years ago. And they're like, you ever thought about uh, doing magic stuff? Is there a market, <laughs> is there a market for it? For a guy who's um, the magic besides this guy, Steve Cohen? I think you make a lot of money doing magic. Really? Especially now that I've been doing comedy almost as long as I did magic. If I combine both of them, Bro, I'd have, the, yeah, a, that's I'd what have I'm a really saying, dude, funny we magic need act. This. <laughs> we need this, man. For real. I feel like magic's not respected by comedians, though. That you just get, I respect him. I know you do. Maybe not. You're a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a good guy. But I can. You, can't you see comics shitting on that? Like, oh, look why this would guy, they shit on it? This guy comes up. Look, he's not a real comic. I want to. Oh, I mean, you mean going up on stage and just doing straight magic? Well, instead ma of comedy magic. How would you describe that? Magic with, comedy with magic. a joke with jokes. Really funny jokes. Do you have any? Most magicians are comedian or comedy yeah. magicians. Uh -huh. It's only a few really serious ones. Like David Blaine, which David Blaine, by the way, is one of the funniest people I've ever met. Really? Yeah. Super funny. Why is that? I don't know. He's a funny guy. And then he's just uh, super serious when he does his magic on okay, TV and stuff. But like him eating glass. Which is real. Yeah. And him eating. What else did he eat? Didn't he eat like a frog or something? Yeah, he puked out a frog. Puked it, puked it out. Yeah. What? That's real. What's the what's the disconnect between that being real and him not getting sick? So there's a not there's a his face. there's a thing called geek magic, and it's there's different categories of magic. There's uh, you know vanishes, transpositions, which means two place two things switch places, levitations, animations. Animation is just where something you could make something move, but it wouldn't necessarily float. Um, you know, disappearances, appearances. There's also like a weird category of magic called like geek magic. And it, back in the day, it was very hard to find things on that. Uh, but there's a few old books. I, I used to have one of them where it would teach you how to eat glass, put like a, like put a roofing nail up eat your nose, glass. eat a razor blade, eat a light bulb, you know, like stuff like that. There's this oh book. It was called like, God. this book was called like Swami Mantra or something like that. It would teach you all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. Like the weird body tricks, like stick a pin through your, you know, yeah, your hands. Yeah. Levitating. Like David Blaine once when I was hanging out with him, he took a, one of those acupuncture needles and he stuck it through these two bones in my hand and in it, your it, hand, in my hand. And it started to come out the other side and it was, no. and it was real. It was real, but there's no, it's just meat here. So it only really hurts when it goes through the skin and it starts to come out the other side. But in the middle, there's like no nerves or anything like that. So he learned the pressure points. I don't know. There's just weird geek shit that people have figured out. He knows um, so many different types of magic. He knows a shit ton of things. And the people that work for him are some of the greatest magic historians. And they own like the, the rarest books in the world that aren't even supposed to oh exist. Oh my God, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have anything on the horizon that you potentially know about that's coming out? No. Because he hasn't done stuff, I guess, since the hot, hot air balloon oh, three years ago. That's what we were talking about before. Yeah, the thing that he was talking about on rogan when he was on rogan yeah okay yeah that's the last time i heard about him yeah i don't know what he's doing 
He's got a kid. That that takes away a lot of time. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. That's no magic, dude. Damn, freaking Joe. This has been an unreal episode. I mean, what's the most fascinating thing that maybe the average person doesn't know about magic? Besides the obvious, you got no idea what the fuck is going on. The most fascinating thing. Uh, I don't know. That the magic community is very uh, supportive. That's what I found out. That I, it's like uh, it's a brotherhood, and uh, and yeah, we're the female magicians. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, there hardly aren't any, are there? I maybe now I there are a little yeah. bit more, but uh-huh. it's definitely male oriented. Oriented. I don't know why. Maybe dudes are the only ones that want to just like sit in their rooms in front of a mirror for eight hours and practice a coin vanish. Yeah, and you can pick up chicks that way. You don't really like chicks. Don't really right. pick up dudes. That's probably <laughs> chicks yeah. Yeah, you want people to like you. That's why you learn magic, and people already like girls. <laughs> That's freaking true, man. I don't know. I never was a... I know magicians that were really good at picking up girls at bars with magic. Like, they would clean house. I never could do that. I Here's the thing. <laughs> magic is great to, like, as an icebreaker, because you show, like, a girl a cool magic trick, and then... She goes, oh, this guy's cool. But then what you have to do is you have to put the deck of cards away and you have to actually like start talking to them. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's like today with the dating apps, yeah, right? Yeah. You have to like have your personality come through yeah. and then like magic time's over now. Right, right, right. Now, now it's, it's time to be yourself. Life. And now we're going to learn each, learn about each other. And now I'm going to ask you to you know come back to my place. Huh? Uh, what I would do is... Be like, oh, this person, this girl loves this card trick. Let me do 12 more. <laughs> oh, do you like coins? And what by about, the end of that, I'm just the magic guy now. What about money magic? Let's question. Money magic? Yeah. People turning a one into a hundred. Okay. What do you need? What, what about How that? does that happen? I can't tell you how that's done. Fuck, dude. But are, <laughs> there, ga- are there magicians who can literally chain, make themselves rich through magic? Oh, oh, you mean like, if, oh, okay. Does that $1 bill really turn into a hundred? I'd say probably not. I'd say he probably you probably have to do the trick using a hundred and one dollars. <laughs> That's probably the preparation for that. That's freaking sick, dude. That's sick, man. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I think you should definitely make magic part of your hour when you get to it. Wouldn't that be cool? Like maybe yes. maybe like the last five minutes I go No, dude, more. <laughs> Fucking more, dude. Give us twenty, dude. My wife would love it. She I would love it too. She uh, started dating me thinking that I was a magician because that's what it said in my profile. Yeah. And that's when I was just sort of slowly stopping it. So she never really got to see anything. And well, so she'd appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Dope. Joe Russell. Joe Russell, man. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Before we get out of here, dude, we're popping up your Instagram. Please let us know where we can find you and uh, what you got coming up. Uh, Jokes Russell on Instagram. And me and my wife have a cheese show on YouTube. It's called The Cheese Show. If you go to YouTube, type in cheese show. It's the first thing that comes up. We have a guest on, eat a cheese. It's really fun. Love it. And when you do a vegan cheese, you let your boy Ted Jones. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in and listening. This was quite the episode. Write me an email, tedjonesworld.gmail.com, and we'll see you next time. Peace.